Today's New Testament lesson is from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 31 to 32. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, Sister Leslie, for giving us our word tonight. Amen and amen. Welcome, friends, to week three of our sermon series, Reorientation. We are living in times where the world is so disoriented. Every time you turn on the television or you turn and tune in to social media, most of the time you see evil in all its forms. Yet there are times when you see something good, something pure, something true. I believe Jesus is calling us to be reoriented to the gospel. Church, the gospel is still and will forever be the good news. In reorientation, I believe we as a people of God are being called to stop doing as the world does and do that which says the Lord. Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we will explore the parable of the mustard seeds. Let us pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. God, thank you for allowing me to be your messenger tonight. Use me, Lord, to glorify you. Crucify my flesh, allow your Holy Spirit to just take over. Lord, those that are listening under the sound of my voice, Holy Spirit, take over. Preach and teach your word as you see fit. Not my will, but your will be done. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord, for we, your children, are listening. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. As I said last week, Jesus had a way of getting the listener to want to know the truth while at the same time concealing the truth from those who did not desire to know the truth. I said last week that parables explain what the kingdom of heaven is really like as opposed to our expectations of it. In our text today, Jesus teaches another parable keeping with the theme of planting and reaping. The two parables before this one and the parable right after this one, they all contain some of the following. The kingdom of heaven is compared to something. There's a man or someone who is Jesus, who is sowing. There's a field that represents us in the world and then there's seed, some type of seed, which is the word of God going out. And it talks about how the word of God affects us. And then in those parables, it talks about growth. Something is always growing, whether it's good or bad, but it grows. And we learned last week that it grows together. And then of course, there's always the presence of evil. You remember last week 
when we talked about the wheats and the weeds. It was good and it was evil, but yet Jesus said, let it grow together. And at the end times, I will send my reapers to make the separation. So this week, as we study the mustard seeds, continuing with the planting parable, Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven to a mustard seed. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Someone takes these small little bitty, 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 bitty seeds and sows it in his field. The kingdom begins exceedingly small where you just can't even really see it. But with growth, it becomes a tree large enough to host the birds of the sky. So Jesus is speaking to his followers. Right after Jesus and his followers have been rejected by the religious leaders. So Matthew is writing to these Jewish people who are afraid, they're concerned about their church, they have been exiled from the synagogue, they are not allowed to attend the synagogue. Could you imagine not being allowed to come to church? Could you imagine getting up on Sunday morning, putting on your Sunday's best? And someone's at the door says, you can't come in to the church? Could you imagine your church turning you away? Well, not only was the church turning them away, but they were also being harassed and tormented and taunted by Caesar and his people. So now you've got your government that's criticizing you. Your church is shunning you. The world that you once knew has been, you have been exiled and turned away from. Yet, Jesus is speaking to the crowd anyway, using the parable of this small mustard seed as he talks about God's community. You see, a mustard seed will grow into a mustard seed tree which can be tall. It can be taller than a six-foot man. But yet it is unusual and unexpected for a mustard seed to grow into a large tree where birds can live and nest. Jesus is teaching the crowd that small is good and enough, especially with Jesus. Jesus' ministry is a perfect example of a mustard seed. The world awaited their king. The world is waiting for the king, the royal you highness, to be born with power, structure, and might. Yet, Jesus was born lowly in a manger. Jesus was a little bitty baby who was prophesied to be the one to save the big old, big old world. 
Now this king that everyone is awaiting for has no home. This king who's everyone is awaiting for is the son of not a king, but a son of a carpenter. Jesus's ministry, it begins with Jesus walking alone. And then scripture tells us as he walks along the side of the sea, he finds his first two disciples and he says, follow me. And he goes down some more and he says, follow me. And he goes here and he follows me and follow me. And now Jesus has some followers, but yet they are still small. So Jesus begins to work with his small group of followers And Jesus, who was once a little bitty baby, Jesus, who once walked alone, now he has a small group following him. So he begins to teach and preach them the gospel and teach them how to become true disciples. And when he feels that they are ready, scripture tells us he sends them out in twos. And then when they go out in twos, They bring back more followers. So his followers are recruiting and bringing in more followers. And for the next several years of Jesus's life, Jesus's ministry expands. And what's so powerful, when Jesus is talking to them, they don't even understand that Jesus is talking about his church. They're in a context where we can't even go to the church house. We can't get in the building. They won't let us to come in and worship. And we're small in number. And there's the big old church house over there that we can't go to. Yet Jesus is speaking in this parable. Don't worry about that church house. This church, my church, though it started with a little bitty baby who walked alone, It's going to expand. Remember, he says, and I tell you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Right then and there, Jesus is saying, don't worry about the church, folk those church folks don't worry about the big house because my church i build my rock and it's a sealed with a deal and hell can't stop it because it's gonna grow jesus is letting the disciples know that the church will grow and the church will not be stopped now jesus ain't talking about the church building jesus is talking about the true church the true body of christ And what's powerful about this church is that even when the leader of the church dies and goes to the cross and raises from the dead, goes to be with his father and he returns and comes back, the church is still growing. And then scripture says that he returns and visits the disciples and he filled them with the Holy Spirit And right then and there, church, the disciples continue the work of Jesus and they go and they make 
disciples, it all started with a tiny baby who walked alone on a mission, who said, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. This tiny baby that walked alone that said, follow me. Now you notice he didn't go to the synagogue and say, hey, y'all better come out of there and follow me. No, he got everyday, ordinary people like me and like you. And he said, hey, if you know, like I know, you better come and follow me. It all started with this little baby who turns the whole world upside down in order to help it get right side up. Look at God. Church, you remember the great commission that Jesus spoke to his disciples in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. And in case you didn't, I'm going to read it to you. And I want you to hear because Jesus is talking to you and Jesus is giving you your assignment. Now, he said it to the 11, but I proclaim that he's saying it right now in 2021. He says... All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Church, Jesus is calling you today to the Great Commission. I challenge you to go, therefore, and make disciples. See, you got to go. Just like Jesus, he walked alone at first. He was on a mission. And then he said, follow me, follow me. No, you don't have to ask anybody to follow you, but you are the seed that can be planted in someone else so that they too can follow the one that you follow which is Jesus. You've got to go share the good news about a risen Savior that saved a small mustard seed like me. Now, I know we're facing a pandemic right now, and yet there are some things that you can still do virtually. Right now, you may say, well, Pastor, all that I have is this little bit right here. It may not be enough. It may be too small, but I come to tell you that Jesus is enough. Jesus is all that you need. Jesus will turn your small little bitty thing into something big and more than enough. There are mustard seeds all over the world waiting to grow. They're waiting for someone like you, the tree, the big plant to come up beside it and said, hey, let me help you along the way. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you how it feels to follow the little bitty baby from Bethlehem. Church, someone helped you grow. On August 28th, 1963, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. delivered his I Have a Dream speech 
during the March on Washington for jobs and freedom at Lincoln Memorial. Much like Jesus teaching his parables, Dr. King was speaking to people about a world that is not yet. Dr. King shares this dream that the Lord gave him in a time that most people, like the disciples, could not understand. Dr. King is speaking to oppressed people, people who are concerned about their future as a race, people who are concerned about the civil rights of all people, yet he stands and he speaks about justice, peace, equality. Yet here are these people under the sound of his voice, they're listening to him, yet they are being mistreated, lynched, raped, living in fear, being judged by the color of their skin. Their school systems are neglected. They are not allowed to vote. So much evil is present, so much racial injustice. Yet, Dr. King spoke boldly about a time in the world that was to come. Dr. King was one man who spoke against a system, against racism and injustice and inequality. But God blessed him like he blessed Jesus when Jesus said, follow me and follow me. God blessed him with partners who were in the struggle with him, who stood and continue to stand with him to speak against racism. Today, anti-racism is seeking justice for all people, seeking racial reconciliation. Church people aren't sleep anymore. People are woke. And people will continue to stay woke in order to make Dr. King's dream a true reality. Because it's not true yet. You remember what happened? It's not true yet. Cut on the television, tune into social media. It is not a true reality yet. Now, let's make this more personal. One day, you came to the church house. The pastor preached an awesome sermon. Oh, the music made the hairs on your arms stand up and you felt this sensation, you know, that you get, like you just can't contain yourself. And the pastor says, the doors of the church are open. And without hesitation, without thinking, without consciously realizing, you jump up out your seat and you run to the front. You stood before God and the church and professed your faith. And then those, some of us, we recited our baptismal vows. And remember last week, we invited you to remember your baptism and be thankful. 
you came to the front and professed your faith, that sermon, that person, that song, something small set a spark in you. And you took one small step and now look at you. You are on fire for God, or at least you ought to be. With Jesus as the head of your life, that small step has become giant leaps of faith. Remember scripture tells us all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed. So look at that mustard seed faith that you started with. It has allowed you to do so many things in the name of Jesus that you could never imagine you could do. You know, when people told you you were too old to go back to school, but you did it. When people told you you were too small or too weak to make the team, but you made it. When people tell you, you can't raise good children by yourself, but you did. Jesus says, small is all you need. The size of a mustard seed. You know why? Because Jesus says, I am enough. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, let the church say, Amen.